right. So welcome to the first ever episode of the, the Deadly, Deadly Discourse, Discourse Podcast. Podcast. I'm Reese. And I'm Holly. And we are so excited to have you guys here today. Literally so excited. Episode one. Episode one. Oh. Yes, mate. Uh, if you guys listen to our intro episode, which is probably like a little one before this one, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you'll hear a little foreshadowing for our first case. Just a little tiny bit. And as you can tell, it is pretty eye-catching. Ah! I might edit it a little. Yeah, ching. Yeah, ching in there. Yeah. All right. So before we get started, I just want to say thank you guys for listening. Uh, Absolutely. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And We've I'm been so, working really hard on this stuff. Yes, we have. I'm so excited to share all of my knowledge that I've gotten with you. I still feel like I could have done a little bit more research, but I, I have fourteen is, pages yeah, of she is research. Fourteen one four. That is. A double-digit number. Like, four or five of them are just picture uh, ones, but that's still ten pages of regular, like... a lot of pages. She sent it to me and said, hey, can you print this out for me? I said, sure thing, Jan. I hit (laughs) Command-P. Do you want all 14 pages printed? 14 pages? (laughs) Yeah, the way that I do it on my iPad, because I type it up on my iPad, it doesn't show, like, how many pages it is. It's just one One long long, screen that I just scroll through. And I was like, oh, this is probably going to be, like, two or three pages. Keep in mind, these are, like, bullet points yeah. and not actually, like, well-formed sentences. <laughs> no, and a lot of things are misspelled. I realized that when I was It's just, like, eyeball equals it. missing question mark? <laughs> question like, mark? <laughs> you spoiled it. Oh, fuck! I'm gonna, I'm gonna bleep it out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyways. So let's go ahead and get started. So, our first case is going to be the Texas Eyeball Killer. The Texas Eyeball Killer. The Texas Eyeball Killer. <laughs> anyways, this guy's really fucked. Uh, he's also known. <laughs> <Anyways>. <laughs> he's also known as the Dallas Ripper and the Dallas Slasher. Um, <clears throat> eyeball Killer is just so much cooler. The Eyeball Killer. Well, well it's just I don't like, know. hey man, you hear about that Eyeball Killer? If someone was like, hey man, you hear about the Ripper? I'd be like, what? But the Jack Eyeball the Killer? Ripper? Yeah. The Eyeball Killer is pretty. Uh, pretty. Uh, oh, I catch Pretty you. valid, dude. <laughs> pretty valid. All right. Anywho, so. Now that we're going to get into this, I think I'm just going to start with, like, his childhood and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so we can go ahead and get that Let's out of the way. Let's get his backstory Let's in. get his little backstory. See if it's nature versus nurture, you know? Um, um, I'm feeling like it's a little bit of nurture, just to go ahead and foreshadow. But okay. Well, we'll be the judge of But that. we'll be the judge of that. We'll, we'll be the, the judge judges. and the jury. The judge and the jury. <laughs> Both of us. <laughs> All right. All right, so <clears throat> the Texas eyeball killer is Charles Albright. He was born on August 10th, 1993 in Amarillo, Texas. What was his star sign? He's a Leo. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't look up his whole birth chart. I just, that's just his star sign. Okay. But, so he was adopted at three weeks old as an only child to Fred and Dell Albright. Uh, they lived in a middle-class neighborhood of Oak, Cliff, of Oak Cliff, Texas, across the river from downtown Dallas. Okay. Uh, the, the neighborhood was really nice. Actually, I read up and onto the, I read up into it, mm-hmm. um, a little bit more after we tried to record the first time. Also, we've, this is our second, this is our second time recording this. Um, me, I almost fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, we Not because stop. of boring content, but it was like 8 PM and 7.30 is my bedtime. Yes, literally. So. She's an old lady. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but so, uh, the, I read up a little bit about the neighborhood and it was actually like started by... I cannot remember his name, but it was started by two guys, and it was supposed to be, like, a resort neighborhood. Oh. It was supposed to be, like, super so high it was class. it like really nice. Yeah, it was supposed to be super nice, really nice. And then when it started to not become nice, the one of the partners uh, left and did another he neighborhood. He dipped, had his own neighborhood so somewhere else. this is else. not bougie enough for me. Yeah, and so now it's just middle class. It's, like... Just middle class. Yeah, but, but I mean, in comparison to what they wanted what they it to wanted, be. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a middle class neighborhood. It's pretty nice, but it's you know it's not the best apparently. Are you wearing frog earrings? I am wearing frog earrings. That's so cute. Thank you. I got them from uh, Olivia's antique store. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Go. Shout out to Olivia. Jewelry. Shout out to Tutti Fruity Jewelry on Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me to spell it. <laughs> I can't. Okay, but anyways, so um, he lived in a middle class neighborhood, uh, and so he he and his mother had a really weird um relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I say weird. Actually, we'll see. It's pretty weird. Uh, his mother, when he got a little bit older, let's just start this out because this is weird. Okay. Um, his mother would tell him that his bio mother was a law student who would become secretly ma- who would have who had become secretly married to a fellow student and gotten pregnant at sixteen. And mm-hmm. the father had found out about the marriage and 
forced her to put Charles up for adoption or he would cut her off from the family. And after that, she okay. would constantly remind him that she would never abandon him like his, oh, okay. like his bio mother Mommy was. Issues. Yeah. So he was like, okay, this woman is the only woman in the world that like is going to be his Is going to care for me. Yeah. yeah. And so she started telling him that from a pretty young age. And Dell has always been very protective and very uh, particular about how she parents. Okay. Yeah. Elaborate. Mm-hmm. And so Dell, uh, she was really protective. She made her, she got goats for the backyard. Interesting. So that he could have goat's milk instead of cow's milk because she deemed cow's milk not fit for Charles. Did she milk the goats herself? I suppose she did because she changed Charles' clothes like three to four times a day because of fear of him getting dirty. So, like, I'm sure she wouldn't let him, mm-hmm. you know, milk the, the goats and then get dirty. That is such a weird thing. Like, what does that even stem from? I don't know. It might so, be like, OCD. OCD. Yeah. yeah. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so she had cows. I mean, excuse me, she did not have cows. She didn't like cows. She did not like cows. <laughs> she had goats. There's no cows. No cows. None. None. Not in my backyard. Not in my Christian Minecraft server. <laughs> but she had goats for Charles, so he could drink a little goat's milk. But, however, when he would not drink his goat's milk, she mm-hmm. would punish him. She'd, <laughs> she'd spank him, you know, which Aww, is, spankings whatever. are whatever, you know. I mean, if you if that's how you want to discipline your kids, you can, but I'm not going to get into that, because I'm, I'm not a mom. I'm going to beat the shit out of my kids. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm not, but I'm going to spank them. Yeah. I mean, I don't... A little bop. Every now and then. I don't have... I'm not going to, like, hit them. But, you know, if they need a little Russell Tussle to pay attention to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, not going gonna... to be like, go sit in your, your thinking corner. Uh-uh. Think about what you've done. Nope. Smack upside the head. Sound. <laughs> That's how my parents raised me. Um, but, so she would punish him when he didn't drink his goat's milk. Uh, and, like, when he was a little bit over a year old, she would lock him into, like, a dark room as punishment for chewing on her measuring tape. Okay. okay. Like, it seems in like a, they both have sensory issues. Yeah, like locked in, in a dark room, a baby locked in a dark room. Probably she just said, crying. not my measuring tape. <laughs> and, when, and when she would put him to bed and he wouldn't go down for a nap, she would tie him to the bed to make that him stay. That just seems counterproductive. Bed. Right, it's like, you're just scaring the poor Bro, kid. Bro, just leave. Let him cry it out. He'll <laughs> exactly. be fine. Exactly, just leave. You don't have to use a measuring tape to tie him down. It's probably like he's chewing on it. He's trying to escape. You know, she, I don't think she used the measuring tape you to tie him down. I mean, I guess she could, but How I doubt How long she was did. the measuring tape? I don't know. I think standard mm-hmm. measuring tapes are like six foot tall, long. Like if you're using a small one. <laughs> but anyways. Six feet tall. <laughs> Um, so he was a really impulsive child, apparently, and so he would try to escape the yard or whatever. He would have, like, passerbyers lift him up and take him out of the yard so he could go run around or whatever. Right? Weird. Don't ask... He was trying to escape, He was trying to escape from her. He was trying to leave. He's probably like, I'm tired of the cellar room. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of being in the dark, sad room whenever I don't want to take a nap and when I chew on measuring tapes. I'm tired of being tied down. I'm tired of being tied down. (laughs) My little wrist taught... My little wrist boy. <laughs> Get this. When he would try to escape, yeah. she would tie him to the porch. She's just tying him up. I wonder if she was in, like, Boy Scouts. Bro, she, she just tied him all to the, the porch? She tied him to the porch so he wouldn't escape the yard. That's kind of messed up. That's really... How old was he at this time? He was, like, three or four. How are you going to tie a three or four-year-old to the porch? Right? Like, if you're so particular about what he Bro, needs... Bro, just and... put them in, like, a playpen. Literally. I mean, I guess it was, like, the 1940s and 50s. Okay. <laughs> you still should not tie a child to a porch. I guess you're right. Back in my day. Back in my day, we just tied, tied the to kids porch. to the porch. Like, what? Okay, grandma. <laughs> All right, so uh, after this, you know, he's bound to be a pretty fucked up kid, but we're, we have after yet to see. After being tied to a porch? After being tied to a porch, a bed, you know, and pretty much anything else that she could tie him to. Being locked in a dark closet. Being locked in a dark closet. You it's know like what that tangled. makes me think of? Yes, and you know that in Murder House, uh, how she put, um, what is her name? Addie into oh, the mirror into room. Oh, into the mirror room with the, with the little helmet thing on. Yeah, that was so no, fucked she, up. She didn't have the helmet thing on. She just she messed, didn't. she just put her in there and was like, look at yourself. Yeah. That was messed up. It was very messed up. I feel, it I feels, it show. feels like that kind of energy. But so obviously he's bound to be pretty fucked up. But, um, so fast forward to him being like 10, moving on. Uh, he began hunting and killing small animals, you know, because he got his first little gun. He got a little BB gun, which is like, 
you know, that's not a red that's flag. Not a, that's not a weird thing, especially if you're from the South, like Texas. Yeah, like um, he's in is, Texas. It is a little weird if you just kill animals for fun. I understand some fascination behind it as a yeah. child, but if you're just straight killing cats for funsy onesies. He didn't kill cats. Oh, what did he kill? He killed, um, like, squirrels and rabbits and stuff. Like, things that you would shoot oh, up okay. well, with a BB odd. gun. Yeah. yeah. No, so it's not, like, super odd. It's just, like, if you're from the South and you have definitely gotten a BB gun and tried to shoot a squirrel I have before. definitely killed a squirrel with a BB gun. I have definitely killed a squirrel with a BB gun. 100%. And I'm not a murderer. <laughs> not that we know of. I don't know, am I? <laughs> Season two. <laughs> Season two. Um, yeah, so, like, that's not a super weird thing, but... Uh, then he became interested in taxidermy, which is also not weird. I think taxidermy is cool. But, I think it's interesting. But if an 11-year-old is like, I want to taxidermy birds and squirrels and rabbits, that's a little weird. It's like... That is a little weird. You want to go ahead and you handle these things? A, you just want to get a stuffed animal, kiddo? Yeah. Like, you don't, <laughs> you like don't you need to stuff the, the dead carcass of an animal. It's kind of gross. But you know what? Miss Dell? No hate to taxidermy. Yeah, no hate to taxidermy. So that shit's cool. But... Uh, Miss Dell, uh, was super excited about that. She was like, you know, I actually know a lot about taxidermy. And she got him into a mail-order taxidermy school called Northwest School of Taxidermy, taught by Professor J.W. Elwood. And he was, like, 11, 12 at the time? Yeah, he was, like, a, he was like 11 at the time that he got enrolled. Hmm. Um, and so Professor, Professor J. Elwood wrote his, wrote in his first lesson, you are beginning to learn an art that is only second to painting and sculpting. A true taxidermist must be a true artist. And so that's how Charles treated it, as art. I mean, which it is. Which it is art, yeah. I mean... It's a very hard skill, I'm sure. You mm -hmm. have to make sure everything looks proportionate. Exactly. Make sure it doesn't look overstuffed. Make sure the sewing is good, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I love taxidermy, obviously. I know everything about it. (laughs) (laughs) But... And so, like, actually, we'll talk about this a little bit later, too. He He's actually a really great artist, which really sucks because, like, he can so draw Hitler. really well. It sucks that he, like... Hitler he, was a great artist. Hitler was also a great artist, yes. I don't know if he was a great artist, per se. But he was an I artist. know that he wanted to be that. Yeah, I, th- I think I've only seen a painting of his one time, and I was like, okay. Yeah, but it's I not like Bob like, Ross better. Whoa. Yeah. Like, Bob Ross does better paintings in 30 minutes. I, I think. love Bob Ross. Yeah, same. But he did. Yes, he did. He died of cancer. Aww. Yeah. Anyways, so after that fucking sad fact. Yeah. Fun fact. Fun fact actually, actually, really sad fact. <laughs> okay. Rip in peace. But so he uses his art. He's a really good artist or whatever. He like paints and draws and stuff. Um, Arting up. Art. He just arts it up. And so Dell helped Charles skin his first bird, uh, making sure he didn't cut too deep, making sure he didn't, like, damage anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she showed him what the tools were for, like, the knife to cut up the, open the skull and the tiny little spoons to scoop out the brains. Uh, you know, a, just taxidermy things. Yeah. A scalpel to cut the eyes away from the sockets and forceps to remove the eyes. Uh, so Charles would, send, would spend hours on his taxidermy, making them look as lifelike as possible, you mm-hmm. know, because he was a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Um Probably got OCD from his mother. Yeah, pretty much. So Charles loved going to the taxidermy shop and stuff to go get fake eyes for the animals that he would, uh, you know, sew up and stuff, taxidermy. Mm-hmm. He wanted, it was said that he wanted to collect them like other boys would want to collect marbles. Fake eyes? Yeah, the fake eyeballs. But. Interesting. Del, being a frugal woman, mm-hmm. she was like, no, no, we don't need the eyeballs. I have a sewing kit. So. She would just sew up the little eye sockets and put little black buttons on the top of them, like Coraline. Like Coraline. Like Coraline. And then she would be like, all right, masterpiece, <laughs> done. 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 And so guests would come over and stuff, and they'd see his artwork, um, you know, in the cabinet. Just some birds looking back at you with, with no... black fucking buttons for with eyes. black fucking button eyes. No actual eyes. Just... Black buttons. The How? way that I would leave that house immediately. I'd be like, oh. <laughs> like, like, suddenly, I do not need to be here right now. <laughs> wow, I think I actually, uh. Bye. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything to say. I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I guess that kind of pissed him off a little bit. We'll see why later. Oh, okay. Uh, and so, she was a frugal woman. She didn't want to buy that, so she would do that, those little buttons for him. Uh, but she was also very into making sure that he was smart and he was making sure he was good at his academics and stuff. So education. she would education. Mm-hmm, education is important to her, which you know didn't take That's him a very far away. Fact. Interesting. What well, with her tying him to the porch and all. Yeah, like she was like, I want you to be smart and healthy, but 
I'm also going to torture you. I'm also going to cause you the worst trauma. <laughs> exactly. And so um, she would make him spend 30 minutes before school every morning practicing piano, practicing. And then, like, later after work, after work, after school, he would uh, practice arithmetic, reading, and, like, science. Just and, developmental and stuff, like that. stuff. Yeah. And yeah. so. That's good. Eventually, he got, like, so smart that he got to move up two grades in fifth grade. So he jumped straight from fifth grade to seventh grade. Yes. Yeah. So he's super smart, super, super cool kid. Um, until he got to be about, like, 15, you know? I remember when we were taking the... I took the ACT and the SAT. Mm-hmm. When we were taking the ACT, there was, like, an 8-year-old there. What? Keep in mind, the rest of us are, like, 17, 18. Yeah? There was literally an 8-year-old there, and he bodied all of us. He finished that shit so quick. I wonder what his score was. <laughs> it was probably the highest score you could get. Honestly, because he was in and out. If an, in and out. If an if an eight eight year old was in there, yeah, he's probably he's smart. He was like, you know what? This is light work. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> he said, this is light work. Yeah. And so uh, she was really interested in like keeping him smart and stuff like that. And she's also very strict about manners and respecting women, okay. which is good, you know. But feminism. Yeah, didn't girl really boss. Didn't really work out in the end. Didn't really work out in the end, but. <laughs> So she really wanted him to respect women and stuff because she specifically said that she did not want him to treat her like her his father had. Aww, like that's sad. But like what she said, she was like, I just the way that he tries to that your father tries to grab me when I'm just in like my bra. I don't want you to ever do that to okay. another woman. It's like this but you're like the ma- Oedipus. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Is it Oedipus? Oedipus. Oedipus mm-hmm. Com- complex. I don't know if he wants to fuck his mom. You don't know that. I mean, yeah, I don't know that, but... Hmm. The silence. <laughs> it, it just hit me. He may want to fuck his mom. No, because none of his crimes were, like, sexual. Okay. Well, I lied. We'll see. Oh, we'll see. I'm going to put... A, I'll put a trigger warning ahead. in front of it. <laughs> but... And so, uh, she was really in making sure that he, he would respect women, but also about the whole, he would touch me when I had my bra on, like, you guys are married, like, I get it, but, that, like... That's your, that's your man. That's your man's, but also, like, she if that's says, not I what she wanted... I my robe. To, yeah, exactly. Whatever. If that's not what she wanted, then, like, I get it. But also, don't drill that into your 13-year-old boy's son. Yeah. I mean, your boy, your 13-year-old's brain, because it's like... Boy, mom. Now it's gonna be weird, because he's gonna be, like, afraid of women, and, like... That just I mean, I think it's going to be fucking weird anyway. Yeah, exactly. I don't, <laughs> I don't exactly. think that one fact is going to change him that much. Right. So that's pretty much his, his childhood. is just, like, weird, confusing, uh, kind of torturous, whatever. Yeah. And so in his teenage years, uh, in, ni- in 1946, at the age of 13, mm-hmm. um, Albright was convicted of aggravated assault and petty theft by breaking into a jewelry store in Dallas and stealing a watch. Uh, I don't know who he assaulted. I could never find anything on that. But I'm that sure was, he just, like, pushed someone. Yeah, probably. Uh, and so he was often in trouble at uh, in trouble at school and stuff. He would steal like test answers, and and stuff That's like interesting, that. Interesting, because he's a smart kid. Yeah, he's supposed to be super smart, and he would give them to the other kids and all that. Just so so some Robin Hood type. Yeah, shit. he was Robin Hooding it up. Um, and so as soon as he was, and soon he would he would be put into prison for uh, for a year at seventeen for theft. Okay. Uh, because keep in mind, he graduated high school early because he skipped those two grades. He probably graduated at like 15. Mm, yeah, I think he graduated at 16. But, uh, and so he was released and he, and he had seemed to be like reformed and stuff like that. And then he started college at Arkansas State Teachers College because he was going to become a biology teacher. Okay. Uh, and this is where he, he, he became the president of the French Club, the editor of the yearbook. He was on the student council. And then he becomes a starting halfback in college football. Just, he's some, done, just some light work. Just some light work here. He's in, like, literally every fucking club. <laughs> he said, my club. credentials, all of them. Mm-hmm. He's, he's literally in every club, and he's just, like, doing the damn thing. Uh, and he's never played football before, ever. He ever. He's, n- he's never played organized football. I guess it'd been, like, rec ball or something, but he didn't play high school football. So he was just like, he yeah. He just got onto a college football team. Yeah, he's just like, oh, I'm just going to do it. Well, I guess it's a teacher's college football team, so. Yeah. What are their stats? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so uh, he was really uh, charismatic and he was well-liked, um, which makes sense because psychopaths are n- most of the time narcissists and yep. can definitely manipulate you into thinking that. But um, in college, he was known for his pranks. And Charles was friends with this guy named Andrew, who had recently broken up with a really beautiful girl named Candace. Mm-hmm. And in, like, a fit of disparity, he just rips up all of her photos. Andrew did. Rips up all of her photos and mm-hmm. throws them into the trash can. And he's like, ugh. 
I washed my hands of her. You know, whatever. <laughs> Be and, gone. <laughs> Be gone, wench. And, and so after Andrew had done that, Charles decided that he was going to come back to his dorm a few mm-hmm. hours later when he had left, uh, take the photos of Candace out of the trash can, yes. and do a funny little prank. What where he, he just... What did he do, Reese? Where he, you, you want to know, Holly? Yeah, what did he do? Yeah, he, he, he cuts the eyes out of all of the, can, the Candace photos, just little strips of her eyes. Okay. Tapes them everywhere in his, mm-hmm. in his dorm. In the bathroom, above his bed, like lining the walls... In 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 little pictures of Candace's eyes that he had cut out of her pictures. So not only does he do taxidermy, but he also crafts. He also crafts. He's a crafty guy. That's a that's fucking weird, man. That's <laughs> yeah, so is. weird. It is. Can you imagine getting off work, getting back home, and seeing your ex girlfriend's like eyes above your bed? Yeah, and you don't know how the fuck they got there. In front of the toilet, you're staring in her eyes while you're pooping. I would. I think it's haunted. That's what I would immediately I'd be like, jump to. <gasps> What the fuck? And so I guess Andrew thought it was funny, but... Andrew thought it was funny? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't find that what anywhere. What the fuck? I would have been like, thanks, Charles. Thanks. Thanks, I Charlie. I would have told him that he did it. I don't know. I didn't see anything He's like, like oh, that. dude, you see the eyes that I fucking take all over your dorm <laughs> I mean, well, obviously, Andrew knew about it because Andrew's the one that told, uh, like, people that. Oh, okay. Yeah. What if he just assumes? What <laughs> just if he still did? What if it wasn't even Charles? That would be a funny coincidence. That would be a funny coincidence. Yeah. So I that was, was a that was a funny fucking prank, right? Uh, I bet it seemed real harmless at the time. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So on that note, no correlation to later events. No correlation <laughs> at all. But on that note, uh, we're gonna go ahead and jump right into the first victim. The first victim. And we'll see just how harmless that fucking prank was. All right. So the first victim is Mary Lou Pratt. She was found on December thirteenth, nineteen ninety. Uh, she was a 30-year-old, she's a 33-year-old uh, prostitute who worked the Star Motel in Oak Cliff off of Jefferson Boulevard. So, just a little background about Jefferson Boulevard is that's like... Is that the, like the strip? Yeah, it's like the red light district okay. of Dallas. So, that would be where you would go to, like, for sex work. That would be where you would go for Heroin, drugs and stuff like that. Yeah. Meth. Yeah. So, that was, like, the place to go if you needed those kinds of services. Um and so uh, she was the first victim. Mary had, was a drug addict who she had to, like, work corners and stuff to provide for her addiction, which, mm-hmm. that sucks. I really, I hate that people have to but live it's like a, that. It's a cycle. It's a cycle, yeah. It's really hard to break and mm-hmm. can even kill you. Yeah. Um, addiction is weird. Mm-hmm. Mary was, like, a normal-sized uh, woman. She was, like, 156 pounds. Uh, she normally wore, like, jeans and low-cut t-shirts and tennis shoes. So... Uh, Mary lived with her retired parents in South Dallas. Uh, it was a suburb called Lancaster, and so she would sometimes get her clients to take her home at the end of the night, which, girl, don't do, do that. Do not recommend that. <laughs> don't do that. Not that I've had yeah, experience not, with that, but I feel like that's just stupid. I feel like that's not, not like to victim blame at all, like, at all. No, but, like, but like just don't, girlies, hey, don't. don't. Hey, girly. Hey, girly. Maybe just want to let you that. know, don't do that. Um... And so her parents really knew, never knew about this portion of her life. She That's kinda, so interesting to me. Right? Like, how did they not 33 know? 33 years old, an addict, living at home, and they don't... I feel like they had to be capping. They had to have known at least a little bit. At least a little bit. Yeah. You can definitely tell. Especially if they've had addiction going on for that long. Yeah. You start to see it in, like, skin and stuff. Um, she is really pretty. I do have a picture. Yeah, she is really pretty. Uh, she was beautiful. She actually does not look... Not that an addict she doesn't has look a certain unhealthy. look, but she yeah. definitely does not look unhealthy. She has very round, full face, mm-hmm. bright she has eyes. beautiful, long brown hair. This might just be, like, a good picture of her, though. We didn't know what she looked like on the daily. There's a picture of her. Well, never mind. You can't see her face. Oh, her dead. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, of her body. Yeah, of her dead body. <laughs> um, and so her body was found in Dallas, Texas on the 8th. 8800th block of a residential area by by a group of teenagers on the morning of December 13th, 1990. She was found laying on her back naked with her legs spread, but with nothing but a t-shirt and a bra pushed up above her breast. Uh, Mary Lou had also been shot in the back of the head with a 44 caliber gun. Execution style? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is weird because if he wanted... Here, I'll say that after this. So, Felicia initially thought that it was just, like, a murder, another murder by, just like, a... Just a prostitute. Yeah, just... Which is sad stuff. to... It's sad to say, but, like... I'm sure it that was, happens all the time. Yeah, it was really common for uh, prostitutes to 
be hurt or beat or like killed by like pimps or johns and stuff mm-hmm. so like a john is like a client or like someone client, like yeah. that uh so they do they're just like okay this is just like sad to say this is like a normal this is a normal uh occurrence, occurrence, occurrence yeah occurrence. and so they had taken her to they had taken her body to be uh examined by a medical examiner uh, and to have like an autopsy done that's interesting what do you mean i just feel like is that protocol? Yeah. For everyone to be examined? Mm-hmm. Like, especially if it's, like, a homicide. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so, uh, she was ex- she was examined by Dr. Elizabeth Peacock, and so everything seemed to be, like, normal. Like, it seemed like her cause of death was just, made, like, a little bit of beating and, like, And the, the gunshot, gunshot to the back of the fucking head. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, that was her cause of death. Yes. But they didn't see anything different. Prior. And so, she goes to open up, um... Mary's eyes to mm-hmm. write down her eye color. Interesting. And she just notices that they're gone. She expl- She just. No she thoughts. just is like they're gone. They're gone. You know, like she. She was flabbergasted. Flabbergasted. What, what's interesting to me is that nobody noticed that beforehand. Right. It must. Well, have I guess they don't really, really need really to. Good job. Because if you steal someone's eyeballs, I feel like you you'd mess up the eyelids. Oh, yeah, so... So, obviously... Mary's eyeballs had been, like, so carefully removed from their sockets that there was no mutilation. That's what... That's exactly... Yeah, yeah, there was no gore. Like, her eyes had been so, like, carefully removed that the eyelids were left undisturbed. There that was is no, so fucking There was weird. no, like, nicks or anything on her eyes. Can you imagine the profile for this man? Right? Like, what do you... Because <laughs> it was done with surgical precision, so it's like... But... But... Doctors don't often scoop out people's eyes. Yeah. With surgical precision. <laughs> like, it's, I mean... There's not a lot of doctors that can do that. Precisely. Yeah, exactly. So they were like, we don't know who we're looking for. And Their so... Their board is literally just eyeballs, question mark? <laughs> eyeballs? A bunch of red lines pointing to, like, different <laughs> eyeballs. Um, and so so Mary's eyeballs have been taken. Very fucking weird. And soon, uh, another girl who claimed to have worked with Mary named Veronica mm-hmm. Rodriguez, she offered information to the police about being with Mary on the night of her murder. Uh, she stated that her and Mary had double dated the same John that night, mm-hmm. so the same client. Uh, they were with each other until the John attacked Mary and Veronica. Uh, however, Veronica was able to escape by running through like a nearby field. She was barefoot okay. and half naked, and but she was able to hide in a drain pipe. So okay. she hid in a drain pipe for like a really long time. Uh, this was after trigger warning. This was after the John had like raped and beat both, both of, of them. them. Uh, so she was able to get away before he was able to get her to. And so Veronica was, like, a really small girl, so her running around and getting away was actually pretty badass because, like, yeah. she's tiny. She's, like, a, she's like she's 100 like, and, Yeah, she's, like, 110 pounds. Like, oh, shit. She, she was little. Um, and so she... Once she had had finished hiding in the in the drain pipe, she had ran by... She had ran to this house of a client of hers that she had, like, seen every now and then. Uh, and so she knew that he lived there. Mm-hmm. And he let her in. Obviously, he was like, oh, my gosh, yes, come in. Don't, like, she's like, someone's trying to kill me, et cetera, et cetera. And so the guy who tried to kill her comes up to the house. And, interesting. And interesting the guy, choice, Charles. In, interesting, interesting choice guy who tries to kill her. Um, <laughs> and so uh, the guy whose house it was that she was at was named Axton Schindler. So Axton... Um, then when the when the guy who tries to kill her comes up to the house, he's just like, "Hey, dude, what?" You know, it was super casual, which is weird, right? And we'll see why later. Okay. Um. So he was just basically like, "No, leave. Uh, she's she's staying here, etc." Yeah. Uh, and so he left, and I guess that's when he murdered Mary. Uh, but when Veronica gave the police this uh information, they were a little bit skeptical because you know she she was she a known was a drug user. Yeah. She was a drunk. She was a known drug user. She happened to be under the influence of drugs at the time of them getting that statement from her. Yeah. So it was like, we really want to believe 22. her. Yeah. Yeah. We were, they really wanted to believe her, but they just weren't sure. So they kind of put that story on the back burner for a while. Which I feel like, don't do that. Like, investigate it. If it's a dead end, then it's a fucking dead end. But well, if it's not, then... Well, they did investigate it into okay. a little bit further. Okay, because good. they went back to talk to Veronica again. And they found her doing her business or whatever with a guy in a suspicious truck. So that truck had been reported for suspicion or whatever, but it was just Axton. Oh. Axton, it was like a truck driver who. So they went back and she was with the guy that she escaped to. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so uh, Axton was a truck driver. He just um, 
rented house uh, a house or something in Oak Cliff or in Dallas. It's a good fucking thing. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, the police pulled them out of the car or whatever, got information about uh, Axton and everything. Axton was like, I don't have anything to hide. Here's my information. Um, and so he, he gave it to them. And as of now, he's one of their suspects because, you know, he, I know, right. Um, but the thing is, 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 is he, he, the only thing that he fit this description of was a salt and pepper hair. Okay. So he wasn't tall like Charles. He wasn't like stocky build like Charles. He was just, he just had salt and pepper, uh, hair and so did Charles. So that was the only correlation to their, their description that they had of him. Uh, and so they get his information stuff, and then that's kind of the end of it. They're still kind of just investigating because, as of now, it hasn't been repeated, and they were essentially just trying to find this one guy who's just like weird, trying to figure I out the eyeball thing. This man Charles looks like he takes eyeballs for fun. Let me see that picture. <laughs> yeah, that man looks like Slenderman. <laughs> I looked at his face so much while I was You're just researching. I was like, ugh. Ugh. This little He wasn't fucking, even cute as a kid, bro. This little shit stain has... He looks like a sh- like the shitty third Mario brother. You Waluigi? Know? Is Waluigi the third Mario brother? I thought he was a villain. Are there? Is there a third Mario brother? No, I was making a meme. Oh! Just saying he could be a shitty third Mario brother. Do not ever insult the Mario's like that again. Well, they look disgusting. He looks disgusting. Also, why is it called the Mario Brothers and not like the Luigi Brothers? What's their last name? I don't know. Does anyone? <laughs> Leave it in the comments below. What is Mario and Luigi's last name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so they got it. They got access uh, information, information stuff, and then that was pretty much it. So they were processing everything. And then, on February, in, two months later, in February 1991, the body of Susan Beth Peterson was found. Uh, she was born on September 25th, uh, 1963. She was 27 years old. And so, Susan was also a prostitute. She was also a white woman with dark hair that was about the same build as Mary Lou. So, now they know that they ha- he has a, a, type. a type, an M.O. And so, Beth was found on the same street in South Dallas... Uh, just a little bit farther down the road. Her body was partially nude and had also been, she'd also been shot in the back, in the back of the head with a 44 caliber, caliber gun. She was also displayed in the same way that Mary was displayed. So like with her shirt and her bra and stuff pushed over up. her, pushed up over her breasts and stuff, which is just super disrespectful. Lame, super disrespectful Maybe to the body. Maybe he wanted to hide the faces because he couldn't deal with it or something. No, the faces weren't covered. It was oh, just well, like... Oh, and he's just an asshole. He's just an asshole, yeah. Like, I mean, he's an asshole, period. Yeah. But the fact that he would just leave them on, like, the side of the road in, like, a residential area. He wanted her to be seen. Yeah, he wanted them to He be wanted now. people to see it and, like, see his artwork. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. And so uh, her case had been under another jurisdiction of, a, of the police in, a, in the area rather than the regular ones that had already processed uh, Mary's body. So the Dallas police... So uh, they didn't have a connection yet? No, they didn't have a connection, a connection yet. But the Dallas police feared that her autopsy would re- reveal the same thing as Mary's. Uh, so they began they began investigation on her death quickly. So that's really good for that's them. That's really good to they were like, that shit. They were like, okay, this is on the same street. It might be correlated. And so the... A uh, medical examiner was, like, immediately called and was and t- was told to check for eye mutilation. Susan's eyes had also been removed. Crazy, Surprisingly. Right? Surprisingly. <laughs> Surprise! So, uh, police definitely knew now that they had a serial killer on their hands. Uh, they knew that he would do it again because he, if he did it this time, he would definitely do more. Yeah. And so he clearly wanted to be caught by the police because he was displaying his art and stuff for people to find. Um, and unfortunately... Unfortunately, they so the police set out like a warning that was like for white women who are prostitutes and stuff in the yes. area to be careful because they do have someone who is targeting them. An eyeball snatcher yeah, is on the loose. There's an eyeball snatcher on the loose, uh, and so unfortunately, a lot of the girls were were left with like out of choice, but because they had to like keep they working. They have to. They yeah. have to keep working to it's provide. It's like they can only for, take that with a grain of salt. Exactly, like they have to keep working because they need to provide for themselves, and like some had families, and like. 
I, they also want to provide for their drug addiction. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, don't do drugs, but if that's your choice, I can't do it. No one can yeah, do anything no about one it. Can, <laughs> no for one can do, exactly. And so, uh, after this murder, Charles Albright then became a paper boy that worked uh, the night shift due to all the fear in, in Dallas. So, like, they would get paper out more, pa- the paper and stuff out more because of, everyone was like, oh, shit, we have a serial killer. So he became a paper boy? Mm-hmm. And so... so he'd stay updated on what everyone knew? Yeah, I guess so. That was smart on him, I guess. Yeah, that was but, very smart on his part. See, and he was also... Smart kid. That was only, like, part-time because he was a carpenter at the time, too. So he's had a lot of different jobs and stuff like that. Uh, this was the, the paper boy was his latest job. Um, he had gotten his beauty school certificate. He called himself Mr. Charlie. So he worked in a salon for a while. Homeboy was a cosmetologist? Homeboy was a cosmetologist. Interesting. Yeah. And so he had done a lot of jobs though. He said, Uh, let me take your eyeballs and do your makeup. He even made baseball bats at one time. What? He whittled? He like... Yeah, I guess so. I don't, <laughs> what? I don't know. And this so he, is crazy. Like I said earlier, he was an artist. And so a co-worker that worked at the beauty salon with him asked to paint a picture, asked him to paint a picture of his wife because he was such a good artist and stuff like that. He spent hours finishing this portrait of the man's wife. And then he was like, so when are you going to get that painting done, bro? And he was like, get, it, it'll be done soon. He was Just, like, you know, now I don't want to do it. <laughs> he was like, it'll be done soon. Just give me a second. Uh, I have to do one last thing. And so, once he got the picture back, it was a beautiful, perfect rendition of his wife. But the eyes were missing. There were no eyes. Why would he spend all that time making a perfect rendition of someone and just not at the eyes? Like That's weird. Yeah, I bet the, the, the co-worker was like, thank you, <laughs> Charles. Like, Thanks, I guess. Wow. Would he discount him because of that? <laughs> 10% off on no eyes. 10% off. I'm not good with the eyes. Put some googlies on me. <laughs> Put some googlies. Put little black buttons on there. <gasps> Ew. Can you imagine if he gave him that instead? That'd be kind of... Terrifying. Ew. <laughs> that would be so The way terrifying. that I just redacted that from my own memory. Right. And so 22 years earlier in 1969, Charles had uh, starting a living li- living like a life of crime. And he had... Back like, when he was like a youngin? Back when he was a youngin. So... Uh, at this time, I think he, if he was 22, if that was 22 years ago, then he would have been, like, 35. Oh. Yeah, so he was 35. Uh, he was doing his little life of crime. He was forging certificates. This motherfucker, okay, mm-hmm. he did not graduate from uh, the teacher's college, right? He did not. He didn't. And so he forged his certificates to become a biology teacher at Crandall High School. Which is, like, in the town of East. Why would you ever want to forge something to work at a high school? Right, exactly. But, listen. Yeah. Not only did he just become a biology teacher. Mm-hmm. He, made, he, he became the head department. <laughs> he, he became the head of the biology department. Like, he was, so... he was like, yeah, I have, I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher. And he's, what make me the head of your biology department? And so he's a fake fucking teacher, the head of the biology department. I wonder how often that happens. Right? I don't know. I feel like it, it would be harder to do now. Or maybe it would be easier to do now. Well, I, I feel like it would be harder because... I think it would be easier. Because you can fake your references. Mm. You can make up something for your background check. You can do that, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. If you know the right people. Oh, I don't know the right people. No. Oh. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> do not know anyone who is able to do that task. <laughs> I don't know. So, he forged some, some documents and stuff to get his way into the biology department. And to once he started... To work in high school. <laughs> That's and the most ridiculous thing about this case. Exactly. He worked in a fucking high school. And so, um, once he got to start working there or whatever, he then became the, the, the football team coach. I just want to let you guys know <laughs> that I looked over at, I looked up at Holly from my, um, from my paper. So if you guys hear like, like a noise, <laughs> that's just Holly putting her whole fucking mouth over the goddamn microphone. I just wanted to see if I could do it. <laughs> she's really. Close. I didn't do the whole one. I could. You could if I, I wanted think. to. Yeah, I think you could. Um, so he. <laughs> okay. Anyways. So yeah. <laughs> so back she, to the moida. Back to the moida. <laughs> so uh, Charles became the football team coach and everything like that, and so teachers. I mean, not teachers. Students were just like, "Oh, we love Mr. Charles. We love Mr. Charles. He's great." And so, like, the teenage girls would, like, swoon over him. Are you fucking kidding me? He's so ugly. Well, okay, think about the time. 
They were probably like, because people thought Ted Bundy was cute. I don't. I don't think that Ted Bundy is ugly necessarily. Yeah, I don't think Charles is ugly necessarily. Are you fucking kidding me? I don't think he's super ugly. I think he was cute in high school. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like, but look, look at this man. Well, yeah, he looks like an old guy there. That's when he was a football coach. That's what we're talking about, though, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He looks like an old man. Like, he just looks like an older man. Like, you know, white men, no offense to white men. You do not age well. They don't really age that well. Milk. Like milk. Yeah. Sadly, I may age like milk because I am white. Do you think so? Melissa's banging. Melissa is. That's if you're my listening, mom. Melissa, you're, you're killing it. You're hot mom, mom. Yeah, she moisturizes and shit. Okay. <laughs> Come through, Neutrogena. Yeah. And so, uh, soon he would leave his teaching job and stuff because... I don't know. I guess he was just like, fuck it. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, so, like, the, te- the the kids really liked him and stuff, which was, like, cool. No one really ever suspected it because he was a really cool guy. Uh, no one suspected him of stealing people's eyeballs after murdering them. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, the, throughout the 70s, he would continue on his crime path, but something in 1981 stuck out. So, Charles soon became very interested, interested in, like, church and going to it. And he started going to a Catholic church in Dallas. Hmm. Uh, he, Redemption arc? Mm. Do you think he was trying for a redemption arc? We trigger warning. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Trigger warning. There was no redemption there arc. There was no <laughs> redemption arc, but trigger warning because this has to do with children. Oh, um, that sucks. And so he soon befriended like a family in the church and who had like a young daughter, and they oft- he often played with this girl. He would take her to like the playground and like cared for her I will and, never and all that. And play so, like, a strange man. I don't care if I go to church with him. Right. Hang out with my child? Are you kidding me? Literally. Hang out? Like with take a her, child? Like, take her, like a grown-ass man, take her to the that park. That sentence just, oh yeah, I'm just going to go hang out with this child. Yeah. Sure, you're 35. Me and this 11-year-old are just going to go what the fuck? to the park. No. Fuck that. And so the girl's parents soon found out that by talking to their daughter that Charles had sexually molested her. Are we so, surprised? I'm not, honestly. No. And because so, you let your 11-year-old daughter go to... To the park with a strange fucking man. I don't want to. I don't want to blame the parents. I'm parent. Blaming. I'm not going to blame the parents because I'm parent blaming. If it's a guy, you, your, it is your job to protect your child. Why the fuck would you let them go off with a weird man from your church? They probably didn't think he was a weird man from their church. I he guess, was on like bro. a softball team and like was like in the congregation. It's and was always like a super the nice astounded. Guy. Members of society. Yeah. So always them. I'm not blaming the parents at all. I am. Because <laughs> they probably did all they could, and it was the 60s, and everyone... Oh my god, it was the 60s, I yeah, forgot. Okay. it's not now, it's the you 60s. You know what, it was the 60s. Yeah, and so... I the, don't parent blame anymore, it was the 60s. Yeah, wait, no, it was the eight. It was the 80s. Um... Yeah, it was the 80s, because this that. was 1981. Okay. It was still kind of of a gray area. Um, and so the family didn't want their daughter to have to go through, like, a trial, you know, because they didn't mm-hmm. want to, like... Because she's 11. She's 11. They didn't want to traumatize her any more than she already had mm-hmm. been. So there's a plea bargain place. All right, so in that plea deal, uh, it was, he was given probation. What the fuck? Probation. Probation. For sexually molesting your own girls in place. Yeah, and so it never made, like, the newspapers or anything because the family kind of wanted to uh, keep yeah, it quiet. Yeah, it's kind of humiliating on mm-hmm. some aspect. Yeah, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be, but, but like, it is. But it is. And especially in, like, the 60s and stuff. Or the 80s. I don't know why I keep wanting to say the 60s. You said it's Um, the 60s in my mind. (laughs) Um, So the the people of the church obviously knew what type of person he was because they had to kick him out of the church. Um, But no one else in the town really heard about it too Mm -hmm. much. Which I feel like they should put his ass on blast. They really should because everyone needs to know what a sexually depraved trash human he is. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so the... There were soon, like, newspaper articles out about the two women. So, fast-forwarding back to now. Okay. That was just a little Switch bit back of background years ago. to let you guys know the build-up to this. So, 22 years in the future, in 1991 of February. Uh, I think it's February right now. Yeah, it is. It's 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, there were soon, like, newspaper articles out about, like, the two women Charles had killed. Uh, people were, ca- were, like, calling in and trying to turn in, like, ex-husbands. Tips. And friends causing there to be a lot more leads for the police that like had to then be narrowed it down. Been, yeah. Exactly. I think my I think my cousin Willie did it. It's like no, he didn't. It's like why do people do that? It's because people are fucking annoying. That's why. Mm-hmm. And so the police were worried now that the killer would change his mo due to like all of the attention and stuff for the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's exactly what he did. 
Um, so for his third victim, uh, a month after Susan's death, the body of Shirley Williams was found in a residential area near an elementary school where all the kids were walking to school that they could, like, see her. So, like, she was just off the road a little bit. By an elementary school. By an elementary school. This guy is such an asshole. He, he is an asshole. Um... And so Shirley Williams was a 45-year-old black woman who had all, who was also worked as a prostitute on Jefferson Boulevard. So what was weird about Shirley is she is a completely different skin tone, yeah. completely different build, completely different age. She's way different age zone because the other girls were pretty young, like 30s. Mm-hmm. They were like they were like white. 15 years 12, 12 to like 15 years younger than. I think his first victim was a Latina. Mary? Yeah. Mary Lou Pratt was a Latina? No, she, she's a white woman. No, no, bro, look at her. Well. Look at the eyebrows. All of her information said that she was white. I think it was just like the 90s. Oh, damn, you're right. Yeah, the, those eyebrows were popular. So, a completely different MO. And now his murder was getting, his murders were getting like messy and violent and stuff like that. Like her face. He's slipping. Yeah, her, he's slipping because it, he's like, fuck shit. Like they're getting on to me. I gotta do this before someone finds me kind of thing. Exactly. So, her murders were like messy and stuff like that. So, she had been like beaten. Mm-hmm. Um, her face was like beaten, like bruised, like mutilated. And so he was angry. He was, he was yeah, I guess yeah. he was angry. Um, she was completely nude this time, instead of being, like, partially nude like the other one. That is so fucked up to leave that by an elementary school. Right, like, don't... That like, is so messed up. Like, you're just being a dickhead at this yeah, point. Yeah, like, those are kids. Mm-hmm. And so, um, there was a piece... Actually, when they, they examined her body, there was a piece of an exacto blade left in her eye, where he had, like, so nicked it. Messy, messy. He was being messy and, like, frantic and, like, doing it quickly. So it, because her her time of death before this, it was like she hadn't been dead for that long. Mm-hmm. So a few hours. She had been like a few hours. So, so he probably did it in the wee of night. Mm-hmm, and then just like dumped her body, which is super sad. And so, cops, uh, so cops uh, Smith and Matthews, who were the ones that were working the case and stuff, they actually have a book about this. So I read a little bit from the book about it, um, but I didn't get most of my information there from there. Which I probably should have because like they were the cops on on the case, but I yeah. got I got some of uh the stuff for like information on the bodies, information on like the motivation and stuff like that from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have a, they have a good book. It's just about the, it's just called the Texas Eyeball Killer by Regina Smith just a simple and title. John Matthews. Yeah. So, uh, they were on the case. They were able to get some information from a working girl named Brenda. So she wasn't. She she says that an older white male who drove a station wagon picked picked up Shirley, and she said that he was a strong, muscular uh, build and had salt and pepper hair. So Charles Albright, first, yeah. Mm-hmm. He wanted to take her to like a, a rental house that he had down um in south of south of Dallas. So, and being a working girl for so long, she was obviously like. No, that's way too far away from yeah, there. Yeah, like, she knew it was sketch. She's like, no, I'm not going there. And so uh, when she refused to go to the property with him, uh, she, stated, she stated that he had become, like, enraged, and Brenda was, like, so frightened that she had to mace him to get away from, from him. Damn, she maced his ass? Yeah, so Brenda got away from him. Good. Yeah, Brenda got away from him. And so now the police, having heard Brenda's statement, they decided it was time to take another look at the earlier statement from Veronica Rodriguez. Uh, you know, the one where about... The one that ran off. Yeah, about... Uh, she was there on the night of Mary's murder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the man that she described that had salt and pepper hair, as well as the same build as Brenda had described. And so, earlier claimed to witness Mary Lou's, uh, the first victim's murder, and then fled to Axon Schindler's rental house. The, pol- the police had kind of figured out that he could not have done the murder because he was too small of a man. Mm-hmm. But... Referencing the information that he had given to them earlier, he actually hadn't written down... Axton didn't write down his... Um, correct info? His correct info. He wrote down the address of his landlord, uh, who was Charles Albright. So... Interesting twist. Interesting twist. So it's like, Axton... I guess Axton was like, here is my contributed My contribution, contribution. to this. But I'm not gonna say shit. So that's that's why whenever Charles walked up, mm-hmm. when Veronica ran to Axton's house, yeah, Axton was like, "Bro, chill out." Yeah, because he knew him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, 
So, uh, so yeah, he wrote down Charles's uh, address. What a sneaky so, shit. Right? I know. That's Good one, like, Axton. That's some, like, um, what's that movie called? I don't know. With the kids? That movie? You know that one? Yeah, the, like, Violet... The Incredibles? The, no, like the Bindalol kids. You know, the one, the something of terrible things. A series of unfortunate events. Yeah, that's it. I've never seen that that's show. That's some shit. Oh, really? You've never seen that? Never Wait, seen the movie? is that the one with Klaus? Like the evil No, guy? that's the Umbrella Academy. Okay. Never mind. Um, Just scratch that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And so... Uh, Soon after the bodies had been found, many prostitutes reported that uh, he had once charmed the girls and made them feel, like, comfortable with him. So, like, he was, like, a true male manipulator. He, like, fed them. Oh, like he would He would buy... Yeah, Charles would. So Charles would buy them, like, clothes, and he, and, and he would, like, keep a relationship with the girls that he would see... Often. Often. Which is weird because he's, like, married. Yeah. Uh, His I wife is really that. not important in this. I was about to say, I didn't even know he was married. Yeah, he was married to, like... I think her name is Pauline. But she's in she's in one of those photos. But they didn't stay married for long. Is that Pauline? Yeah. I thought that was his mother. No. She looks just like his mother. Yeah. Let me see. Like, look at his mom. And look at Pauline. You don't think? What the fuck? I think they look really fucking similar. They do look really similar. He's so got mommy issues. So in general, just a bunch of the girls were like, yeah, he, he made us feel great. We were just, like, awesome. We were great friends. He was a great client. You know, he would, fed, he would feed us. He would clothe us. And then they would say that their relationships would slowly get more, like, Violent. sadistic and stuff like that. Like, he would hit them with ropes and tie them up and, like, in general just be, like, pretty animalistic sexually, which is, like, if that's what you're into, totally fine. But... But he was just showing his true side. Yeah, like only if the other consensual. If it's consensual, if it if that if it's done between two consenting adults, totally fine. Totally fine. Totally fine. Keyword consent. Yes, but it it was not consensual. He was just like, "You're gonna do this because he paid them." Yeah, because he paid them, and so uh, just a little side note. Charles, like I said earlier, Charles was on a softball team and stuff, so he was with like a few people from Oak Cliff. And mind you, his secret life of paying for uh, women for sex and eventually hurting some of them had not been, like, found out yet. Mm-hmm. So a friend of of his made a joke about a woman who was nearby and said something to the effect of, like, she looks like a prostitute, try and get at her, Charlie. <clears throat> Did he me. get really mad about that? Yeah. And Charles looks him in the eyes and says, I hate prostitutes. If I had my choice, I'd kill them all. Interesting choice of words, Interesting Charles. Interesting choice of words, Charles, exactly. Hmm, might come back to bite you in the butt, mm-hmm. Charles. And so, uh, coming back to, that was just a little bit of love backstory, yeah. but coming back to the whole address thing with Axton, mm-hmm. um, the address that he actually provided had been close to where Shirley's body was dumped. Okay. So... Uh, having eliminated Schindler from the suspect list, the police soon turned their attention to their landlord, Charles. Uh, Charles. And so two of the houses that he owned happened to be near uh, Mary and Bodit and Susan's dump, by, dump site. And one of the of the houses that he owned was by Shirley's. So, so he was like a slumlord. Yes. He's got like rental properties. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's got like a bunch of rental properties and stuff. So two of his rental houses were by Marion's. And Susan, mm-hmm. and one was by Shirley, so he's just he's just taking them to these right. places to these houses and dumping them, I guess, which sucks. And so by now the cops, uh, Regina Smith, was pretty sure that it was all right. So she she was like, "Let's do this." So basically, Charles fit the whole description and has many rent- rental houses near the sites of the bodies. And having broken the case, officers uh, Smith and Matthews were tasked with bringing Albright in. So, after they set up the arrest to be early, in the early hours of the mornings on March 22nd, 1993, mm-hmm. just a few days after Susan's, I mean, not Susan's, Shirley's uh, body was found, which is awesome. I'm They're glad they counted. On top of that they were shit. on top yeah. of their shit, honestly. It's not like months or weeks later, days. Days later, three days. So, three days after uh, Shirley's body had been found, Charles was at, at, at the house with his girlfriend, which is not Pauline. With, so, he just has hoes. Yeah, but him and Pauline were divorced. They didn't stay. Oh, okay. Yeah. They didn't stay together for a while. 
Pauline was probably like, you have a weird obsession with, like, taxidermy. See, see and honestly, and I'm going to be honest with you, I prob- Pauline is probably not her name. She was very unimportant. Oh, really? Yes. So, because she, she wasn't even, like... She's just a she side wasn't, character. Yeah, she wasn't married to him when they were, like, when he was killing. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was just, like, a fling. Yeah, exactly. And so, Charles and his girlfriend, who he had lived with at the time... Uh, were surprised, and Charles seemed to not know what was going on, right? Oh, what's going on? So crazy, what's going on? I'm just a teacher, maybe. I'm I'm just a carpenter, also a pig boy, who is just making breakfast right now with my girlfriend. (laughs) Right? The police were like, the police were like, no. No. That's not it. So, uh, they were, they had taken him to the station, and so the rest of the team could, like, search his house for, like, evidence and stuff like that, and while they were searching the house... They didn't seem to find much of anything evidence-related, mm-hmm. which sucks because, like, damn. They really didn't just... happen to find, like, a jar of eyeballs <laughs> hidden under the bed or something? No. Sadly, they don't know where the eyeballs are. That's... What did he do? I feel like he used them in art. Probably. I don't know why. That that just is the vibe that I go with. Mm-hmm. He probably... Probably yeah. thought he was being a smart-ass with it. Right. What I'm if... going to use eyeballs in my art. I'm going to use these little eyeballs. You're not going to know there's red paint from eyeballs. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's so scary. And so they weren't finding anything until they noticed a fireplace. A fireplace with a false back to it. Interesting. <laughs> the 80s. Yeah, weird. And so once they removed the false back of the fireplace, uh, no, this is actually in the 90s, but once they removed the false back of the fireplace, there were around seven to eight guns in there. Which, but like I none mean, of yeah. none of them were the forty four caliber gun. Okay. Though. So... So none of them were the ones that were used to murder the women. Yeah. No, none of them which were used to, to, like, murder the prostitutes. Okay. And so they did find a few exacto blades, but nothing that could help them with, like, the evidence. They didn't they... find one with, like, a broken off chip at the end? Mm-mm, they didn't. And they didn't find, like, it's eyeballs or anything like that. Yeah. And so the forensic scientist, Dr. Irving Stone, was also on the case. Uh, and so he was searching Charles's house when he realized the shocking truth that he had found a baseball cap in the corner of the room... And asked what it was and what the suspect's name was. And then one of the colleagues told him it was Charles Albright. And he was like, damn, I played softball with this guy. And we're looking for eyeballs in his fucking house right now. Oh, shit. Yeah. And so, so he knew him. That's some small town shit. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, they obviously, like, obviously he was really good at manipulating people and stuff like that. Because that guy was genuinely baffled. Yeah, he was like, he was such a good guy. I don't understand why he's a suspect for this, you know? And so back at the station, uh, Dr. Stone would encounter Charles, you know, when he was being brought out for questioning. He had, like, shackles, and he had been chained to himself and stuff, and he was, like, walking with two detectives. Mm-hmm. He spots Dr. Irving, and he, like, stretches out his arms, like, and smiles and says, like, Irv, come give me a hug. And Dr. Stone just shook his head and, like, went to the laboratory. Obviously, because, like, dude, I'm That's not so going to... fucking weird. You're happy to be here, and you're, like... I'm under suspicion for stealing bitches' eyeballs. Come give, give me, me a, a hug. hug. What? Like, my dude. My dude, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You're in shackles right now. I like, literally just searched your home for fucking eyeballs and exacto blades. I'm not going to give you a fucking hug. Exactly. Hey, so, man, remember when we played ball together? What? What, bro? <laughs> you cut eyeballs out of people's heads. <laughs> we are not the same. <laughs> we are not. We, we just feel different. We just... No. Uh, so the police uh, ended up going to search like his other properties and stuff because he had a bunch of properties, uh, and they really wanted to find the missing eyeballs, obviously. So they head to a barn that he had down south of Dallas, uh, and in the barn, they found all of his taxidermy stuff, like snakes and jars, mounted animals, you know, like... Just the years. Birds, just a bunch of, like, taxidermy stuff. Yeah. Which, you know, wouldn't be weird if he what didn't if he kill people. eyeballs, Reese. Yeah. That is so disgusting. I'm sorry I put that in your I head. I know, I'm just stuck on that. Can you imagine <laughs> the texture? It's probably just like a fish eyeball. Well, no, it's probably not. Because it's probably like... It's thick. Yeah, it's thick. Weird. Weird. I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> not on the carpet. Not on the carpet. <laughs> so, um, they went to the barn and they like recovered a jar of pickled eyes uh, that ended up just being like pig eyes. Pig eyes, sheep eyes. Yeah, pig thing. eyes. And so the soon officers, uh, Smith and Matthews, would locate a site, would locate the site of Shirley's murder with a tip-off from another working girl saying that Albright had took her there. Uh, and that was, like, a normal place that he would take them. So the police discovered her, um, 
Shirley's coat at the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and now this was a turning point of the case. Because now it directly tied Albright to Shirley Williams. Okay. So they can now... There's actual evidence they can build a case against mm-hmm. So they found a hair on the coat that couldn't be identified at first. And the interesting thing is that they had to like actually go to a zoo to be like, hey, we don't know what fur this is. Can you? And they had to test it. Yeah, they tested it and stuff. And so the same hair that was on her coat had been found in the vacuum cleaner at Albright's house. So it was his fucking hair? No, it was actually squirrel hair. Right? Weird. His so it's like just walking around with squirrel hair on him. So it's like this is well, I mean it was a huge piece of evidence because they found um like I guess they he probably like cleaned the squirrel like in the trunk of his car like in the bed of his truck and uh, then like vacuumed it up or whatever. For Shirley back there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like she probably was like you know it was in his truck and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so at the trial, at the trial, Albright denied that he had ever been to the red light district at all. And so ultimately, they were like, "Bro, bro, chill out. We know what you've been there. We know." And they were like, "Here's the evidence." And so the jury, the, the jury found Albright guilty of the murder of Shirley Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, although he was not, be, he was not going to be charged with the murders of Susan. The other two, there's the nothing other two. tying him to that. Yeah, because there's no just hearsay. Just hearsay, and this no, just the fact that they had their eyes taken. Yeah. But there was no solid That's evidence. That's such a weird M.O. Right? Like, why would you not just tack that on? Like, oh yeah, these two other girls had their eyes missing too, guys. Because there was no, like, actual solid evidence that he did it. I know. It, you know? That's so stupid. Which sucks. But their cases were able to be, like, used against him in court. Okay, good. Yeah. So, like, it wasn't like they just threw out the cases. They were like, here's these two other murders that we believe he's done because of this, this, yes. and this. And so they were able to be used, like, against to him in sway, court to, to sway. Guilty. Yeah, exactly. So he was found guilty of the murder of Shirley Williams and was sentenced to life in prison. He is currently incarcerated in John Montford Psychiatric Unit in Lumbach, Texas. So Lumbach. he's in a psychiatric unit where he should be? Mm-hmm. Because he's been, like, a diagnosed psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. And so the 85-year-old man uh, maintains his innocence still to this day. He's just like, no. Shut the fuck up, bro. We know you did it. Yeah. A few of Charles's uh, cellmates claimed that he was so obsessed with eyes that he would, like, draw pictures and have, like, paintings and stuff of women's eyeballs all over his room, and he would tape them one after another across the wall. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. What with his little prank he did. With his little prank. I seriously wonder what this man did with those eyeballs. Right? Well, that is the end of the case. That was Charles Albright. That was Charles Albright. That mm-hmm. really sucks that they weren't able to get him on those two other cases. Right. Like I wonder I... if they will be able to open something up or maybe he'll confess before he dies. I, I hope doubt he does. it. He's I'm, such a. I'm he's hope- such, he sounds. He sounds like a like a such a strong headed man. Mm-hmm. Like, like a proud. I don't. Man. I don't go see prostitutes. I'm Charles. I'm Charles Albright. La la la. Whatever, dude. Whatever, dude. We know you did it, dude. But what if he? Me. You know what? What if he didn't? Do you think he did? No, I do think he did. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, what, what, <laughs> no. what's your point? I do think he did. <laughs> this man definitely did. He definitely did it. Um, what a weird case, right? It was a very weird case. They were, the police on this case were on top of it. They really were. They did they, not drag their fucking feet. No, they did not, because they started investigation as soon as they noticed a pattern, and like they started actually they started investigation as soon as some fuck shit was up. The eyes were gone. Yeah, they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> this is not normal. They were like, wow, that's, that's actually weird. really cool because typically with like sex workers and. You know, they don't uh, tend they to don't like care. Yeah. They're like, okay, they don't have families that really care for them. It's not like a contributing member of society, so we're not going to care about them. And that's typically how they go with this type of cases. Yeah. It's really but cool. I, I guess it was like more so the thought of, okay, this isn't just like a pimp killing a girl. This is literally a serial this killer. This is a serial killer. Eyeballs. Yeah. Because it's like they could have, right now their MO is just white women with, with dark brown hair do you think he's ever killed more than these three women or i think it's just these three uh, yeah i feel like it's just these three because his first two were were pretty clean right but then the third one was just so messy, messy. that like he obviously he knew what was going on he knew he was gonna get caught soon mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah exactly because i feel like if he killed more i don't know i just think he'd be better at hiding it 
Yeah, because well, he really did not hide it. That the well. fact is that he didn't real he didn't want to hide it. He wanted people to find Probably it. Wanted to get caught, yeah. Yeah, well, he didn't want to get caught. I guess he wanted people, people to, to see, see his art. Yeah, people to see his art, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> whatever your art is, whatever that fucking is. Oh, I guess in the eyes of the beholder. Speak. Oh my god, that was so good. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was perfect. I was gonna say, speak your truth, bro. <laughs> but you fucking truth, got me. <laughs> Yeah, that was Charles Albright. That was the Texas one. Eyeball Killer. That was te- that was episode one. Uh, was it a good case to start off with? I fucking think so. I think so. It was good. I feel like I hope, I hope I did a good job on this case. You did a great job. Well, I feel like I stumbled a lot in my words, but we'll see when I I'm mean, editing. It's just talking. Like it's yeah, fine. we're just talking. But I want it to be easy to follow. I think it'll be easy to follow. Okay, cool. Even when we did jump cuts, um, I think you explained really good where we were in that jump cut. Okay, like, cool. you'd be like, oh, 22 years in the past? Well, we're now we're going 22 years in the future. So mm-hmm. you kind of, like... Okay, good. Kept up with it. Good, good. I'm glad. Thank uh, you, Holly. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so that was the Texas Eyeball Killer. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. <laughs> uh, let us know what you guys think. Uh, give us... Give us a shout. Give us some, give us some cases if you want it. Like, yeah, email wants. us at deadlydiscoursepodcast at gmail.com that's mm-hmm. discourse d-i-s-c-o-u-r-s-e yes Deadly perfect discourse this time podcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. if you remember the intro uh i fucked episode, up she I could fucked not up discourse, discourse. <laughs> but now she's got it <laughs> big practicing <laughs> and so uh deadly discourse will be our tag for pretty much anything our deadly discourse podcast mm-hmm. so you guys can find us on like instagram you can find us on twitter you can find us on the gmail like holly sale um, and then I think that's pretty much it for right now. We're not we haven't doing a Facebook. Maybe you know, a Facebook group eventually. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we have maybe. a Facebook group right now. No, it'll no. just be us and our parents. I don't want my grandma to listen to me like no, cuss on the internet. Absolutely not. No, you, she'll you she'll are be never like listening to this. And my nini will be like, Reese, Reese, that's not really ladylike of you. She doesn't even sound that southern. I was about to say your grandma does not sound like that no. whatsoever. <laughs> not not Deborah. Which one? Nini, my dad's mom. Oh. Deborah wouldn't care. I cuss around her all the time. I'm go- I'm actually going to send this to Deborah. Oh, Shout yeah. out to Deborah. Shout out to Deb. Love her. Um, so, yeah. Thank you Thanks guys for, for listening. listening. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, I can't wait to see you guys back. We'll see you guys in... We'll, we'll catch you guys later. Yeah. We'll see you guys in a little bit. Uh, I will be doing the next case. Yeah. I'm really excited um, for our next just case. Just a heads up. Mm-hmm. It is a child serial killer. Woo woo! Woo woo! It's gonna be kinda tough. It's gonna be fucking scary!